0: Hi there, and welcome to the T21 mom podcast. And this is episode 71. My name is Mary and I'll be your host. Each episode will talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley and she's nine years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome, and I am living life my way. And as always, my good friend and co host Ron, is here with me today. Hey, Mary,
1: how hey, is it all going this week?
0: It's going, it's going good. We're heading into spring break soon. It's good.
1: I think here in Vancouver, we're just glad to hear the word spring.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, we, we had, I think I've had enough of snow.
0: Yeah. Well, we might get snow in a couple of days because the temperatures are going to dip just. Just saying.
1: Cut your tongue out, would you? <laughs> <laughs> really not in the mood to deal with snow. We'll, um,
0: we'll see. <laughs>
1: it's one of those things you just have to bear up with. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week's episode, we have a, a really kind of a unique guest mm-hmm. with a very fascinating story.
0: Yes, I, I didn't know Megan's story. We're we're talking to Megan Labassi today. And it's uh, like a story about having your child in not your home country. You're literally overseas, literally overseas in a very foreign country. They do speak English. But what that entails, and, you know, having some additional challenges, like, I can't even imagine, like, when I first learned that about her, I had no idea and I thought it was quite fascinating, you know, because I'm sure there's other moms out there with similar, you know, similar experiences, but you know, it, it can be pretty scary. So I, I thought it was really interesting. And I thought, ah, yeah, I would like to share this story.
1: Yeah. I, I, I personally, I, I found the story to be fascinating
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and the way, and the, and the way that, you know, uh, Megan and her husband have, um, have, have dealt with the challenges that we're presented with overseas coming home, et cetera. So,
0: yeah, I can't even imagine it would be, it would be so difficult and, you know, and also, you know, coming home to the States where their health system is very different than ours here, you know, and knowing that you have a child that has some additional health issues, you know, and how you're going to navigate that. Okay. Well,
1: let's go talk to Megan and let her tell the story.
0: Okay. Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I'm talking with a fellow rocking mom who is also a fitness coach. So we have coach, so we have lots to talk about and I'm really looking forward to hearing about your story. So welcome Megan. Thank you. Thanks Mary. You're welcome. So you know, I'm in your your mom restore system, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but there's a Few things that I want to talk to you about because I think you have an interesting sort of birth story. But can you tell us a little bit about you and your family?
2: Absolutely. So, I am um, in, in the U.S., I live in Tennessee, and I am married to a wonderful man who helps me so much. <laughs> I think that matters. I have to say that. Mm-hmm. And I have two boys, my son Samuel. Has Down syndrome. He's six years old, and then my youngest, Eli, uh, is four years old, and we have an amazing dog too. That's also worth worth <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, of course, so wonderful. <laughs> so,
0: before you had kids, you know, and I just found this out a little while ago about you, but you and your husband went and lived abroad in Kuwait, and what was that like?
2: It was amazing. We actually were in South Korea first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both went over there as teachers, mm-hmm. and s- totally separately, we're from different states and uh, met over there in South Korea. And then ended up moving um, after we got married to Kuwait. And it was an, an amazing experience being able to travel. We we call ourselves now citizens of the world, right? Because we are American and we identify as Americans, but we also have just a sense of we are global citizens and we appreciate and have learned so much by being abroad and getting to know people from all over the world. That's amazing. So did you, did you marry in South Korea or did you
0: come back to the States and then go to Kuwait?
2: Yeah, we had two weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we came back to the States and we had like all of our family and our official, like really nice formal wedding here Um, But nobody in the States knew us together. Nobody back home like had ever met us as a couple. It was like my family and my friends and then his family there. And so when we got back to Korea, we then did like a really informal potluck with all of the people that knew us actually as a couple. And it's funny looking back on that, that was actually our favorite wedding. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I lived in Japan
0: for a couple of years. And so yeah, I can totally appreciate feeling like you're like a global citizen. Cause it was such a, a learning time for me and, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of made me think if I can do this, I can do anything. So, yeah. And it was such an amazing yeah. time. I'm sure you found that as well when you're living abroad and just learning about other Absolutely. cultures and yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah, there's nothing like getting out of your, your home to make you, uh, think differently you know
0: Mm 100 percent, yes it really for me it made me really appreciate what I had at home and you know my family and just Mm -hmm. you know uh, what we have here in Canada like it because it was so different but it was such an education to go and live and like I did the teaching thing too in Japan for two years so yeah it was a it was a wonderful experience for me I loved it yeah So you've moved, so now you've moved to Kuwait. I didn't know a lot of people went there to like, were you teaching English there?
2: Um, Yes, we were at an international school. My husband taught social studies. So we had just like our regular um, curriculum. I was teaching English because I was studied English but I mean there were people there that were PE teachers and you know kindergarten teachers and it was a regular like American international school oh I see oh
0: very cool okay okay oh it's so interesting because I hadn't heard of anyone going to Kuwait to do that like I've heard of lots of people going to Japan and South Korea like yourself so that's interesting so like were you planning or hoping to have like start your family abroad or like because to to me, it's almost kind of scary.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, we went into Kuwait, not really sure. It was like a two-year thing, and then it was while we were there, we decided, okay, I think I think we'll have a child here and have a baby here because it was um, in a lot of ways, it was we had seen other people who did mm-hmm. that, and so we saw like that it was going to be okay, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, we we valued. The idea of being able to raise a child also um, abroad and and instilling in them those same values of, you know, different cultures and that open mindedness that we loved that we got out of it, so yeah, that was definitely part of the plan.
0: Oh, interesting. Because see, for me, I like. Do most of the people speak English there in Kuwait, or
2: or is yes, yeah, I would say. Um, The majority, the majority do. Kuwait's an interesting place because uh, so many international people live there. Um, There's a lot of people from the Philippines. There's a lot of people from the US, Canada. The oil industry is quite big over there. So there's a lot of Americans there. Um, And so it's pretty common that even with Kuwaitis, though they speak Arabic as their native, a lot of them are educated in English as well.
0: Oh, interesting. I did wonder that I, I kind of thought that but I wasn't 100% sure. So because I know for me, like I, when I lived in Japan, I could never speak Japanese, like great. I actually spoke yeah. it better <laughs> when I came back and I studied harder. So I can't imagine like having a child in a country where I really couldn't speak the language. And at the time, like, I mean, I was just in a tiny town. So most people did not speak English there. So I can't even imagine that like what that would be like. But if, you know, if you're comfortable and most people are speaking your same language, I could see how, yeah, okay, let's do this. Like, you know, being the global family really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, yeah. Like, so I guess, so you kind of answer my next question. So I guess it was fairly easy, like you're pregnant and, you know, fairly easy to navigate, I guess, the, the medical system there, like during your pregnancy or.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was really easy until my son was born. (laughs) It was really easy. Um, We, yeah, it was, it was pretty standard. You know, they have a a lot of the doctors and a lot of the medical um, professionals there are educated either in the U.S. or Canada, in the U.K. So the level of care there was, um, was quite good. And, Mm -hmm. And we felt highly confident in, in the, who was taking care of me through my pregnancy and all of that. So certainly like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have made the choice to, um, you know, try to do a pregnancy and everything there. Um, However, with Samuel, we didn't know that he had Down syndrome. We didn't know that there was anything uh, until he was actually born. So that, uh, that was definitely an interesting experience because, and that was not at all, Uh, to the fault of the doctors, like they missed anything. Um, We personally had opted out of genetic testing and and any of the uh, like prenatal checks that they do. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a personal decision that I had made because I I deal with anxiety and I Mm -hmm. knew that it wouldn't, for me, it wouldn't change the decision of Mm -hmm. keeping the baby, but it would probably just create a whole lot of anxiety for me if I knew ahead of time that, uh, that there was a possibility that something could be there. So it's interesting in retrospect, I don't regret my decision, Mm -hmm. but then I also think like, how, how could things have been different, right? If I had had that little bit of a heads up.
0: Yes. And I've said this many times is everyone that I talked to if they had a prenatal or a birth diagnosis, always say that's the better way to have gotten their diagnosis. Like I know I wouldn't have done well with a yeah. birth diagnosis. I was so glad that I had the time, you know, during my pregnancy to prepare. Uh, it was scary, <laughs> but I had that chance to prepare. And I, I don't think I would have done well with the birth diagnosis. So it's always interesting. Like I, I've, no one has ever said they wish they got it the other way. So it's, Yes. So, oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you just, you know, if you even ask the moms in, in your fitness groups, ask, ask them and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you'll find the same. Right. So like, so Samuel's born and how long after he was born, did you find out that he had down center? Like, was it right away
2: or a few days or? Yes, it was, it was pretty instant. I ended up having to have an emergency C-section. So, Um, His birth was was quite traumatic, actually, Mm. for me, because I, they didn't allow my husband to come in. So I was alone and was in recovery, actually, and I had I had seen, I had met him, you know, just briefly. Uh, on my chest before they took him away to do all the things. And I was looking over at him and I remember his little foot kicking up Mm -hmm. and his toes sticking like way out. And I remember seeing his big toe sticking way out. And I looked at it. I was like, huh, that looks interesting. (laughs) Not knowing anything about like the sandal gap or anything. I just remember (laughs) seeing his foot and being like, interesting. (laughs) but you know, first mom, I had no idea. So I'm in, I was in recovery from, from the C-section and my husband was eventually able to come back and, and see me. And, um, he told me, you know, they've, they've got him in, uh, in special care because they, they feel like he probably has down syndrome. And so not only was I recovering from just this last minute, like emergency surgery, I then got that news. And then because I was in recovery, and he was somewhere else. It was, it was hours before I actually got to meet him that I was sitting there kind of processing the information. And it was a really, really hard and scary few hours. Cause I, I hadn't had that, that proper time to bond with him. Right. And mm-hmm. so I had all of these fears and all of these, um, I don't even know the right word, just all those hard questions that come mm-hmm. up when, when I hadn't been able to connect with him, like, am I going to love him? Is he going to look different. Is he, you know, just, it was, it was awful. Um, what's our life going to be like and, and all the spiraling stuff. But then I got to finally go meet him and hold him. And it was like, yes, like this is my baby. Of course, <laughs> like, of course, this is my baby and all the love and all of everything that I needed to give to him and that he needed to give to me. It was, um, I knew it was going to be fine just in that instant.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I I mean, I know, like, I'm sure you've heard many people who've had terrible diagnosis stories and, you know, I can't imagine it's any different there as it is here in the States. Like, I mean, we have a, still have a long way to go. I think, you know, I didn't have really, I mean, because I had a prenatal diagnosis, it wasn't really bad. You know, I didn't have a lot of bad experiences just with the genetic counselors, but, you know, and all the doctors, they were ready and they were supportive and, it, you know, it was like a celebration. So, which was good for me. Like, That's I, amazing. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, because, you know, first time mom, like yourself, and it's, even though I knew it was, it was still pretty, pretty scary, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know anything and about And we that, had,
2: so. when the doctor... Yeah. That our experience there, if I can share this, um, of course it was not positive. It was not positive. We had, um, my doctor eventually came to talk to me while, again, while I was still in recovery, still hadn't like met and bonded with my baby. And she was, I mean, she was almost in tears and she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry that, um, we didn't catch this ahead of time. And, uh, there wasn't like any. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> it was. Oh, she was just like, "I'm so sorry." And if I hadn't, if I hadn't found like the online resources, because we eventually just like went on to Google mm-hmm. uh, in my ignorance. I had very little experience, and I found. <laughs> um, I think it was Noah's dad. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with? Yes, that I know him. Yeah, well, I yes. don't know him,
0: but I know of him.
2: Yep. Yeah. That that was the one that we just latched onto. And he had a pretty young child mm-hmm. at, at the time. And we were watching the videos of, of him and his little boy learning how to walk and, and just reading his encouragement to us as parents. And that was like that first breath of, of fresh air, like, okay, this is going to be okay. Like, this can be a really good thing. We're going to be okay. Like, let's do this. Um, but yeah, no, we did not at least at the very beginning until we found, um, some different nurses and our geneticist was also very, very positive when when we finally met with him and got the actual genetic testing done. Mm -hmm. Um, but those, those first days were just, it was, it was hard.
0: Oh, 100%. I can totally agree with you. And I can totally understand that. So after Samuel was born, you fit, So one, you're getting the news that he has Down syndrome, and it was not an overall positive experience with the medical staff. And then didn't you find out a little bit later that he also has some additional health issues? Can you can you share about that?
2: Yeah, he has. Absolutely. He has a rare disease called Hirschsprung disease. That's Mm -hmm. more common in boys with Down syndrome. And um, we, it took a few weeks, honestly, for us to figure that out. He wasn't able to pass stool properly. Mm -hmm. Right. It took several days for his first bowel movement. And then, excuse me, he wasn't, he wasn't feeding well, and he wasn't, he just wasn't regular. He ended up vomiting. So yeah, we went through several weeks of testing and trying to figure out what was going on with his GI before they gave us that diagnosis. And, um, that was, You know, we're fortunate he didn't have the common heart things that so Mm -hmm. many kids have, but, um, it's, it, it was a real, real struggle, uh, to do that. He's had to have multiple surgeries, um, had a colostomy bag at one point. We had to do a lot of medical intervention with him for his first few months, actually first few years doing irrigations until he was learning how to go to the bathroom by himself. And, um, and that was, that was where we really started to have our struggle with the medical system there and, and realized after two years that we were going to have to come home to get him the help that he needed to figure all of that out.
0: Wow. Well, that's interesting about the Hirschsprungs. I didn't realize that it was more common in, in boys. Like I'm familiar with it and I don't know too, too (laughs) much about it, but I, that's interesting. I didn't, didn't know that. So at what age did you you come back? Like how old was Samuel when you came back to the States?
2: Yeah, he he was, he was one and a half. He was one and a half. He was born in January. So we came back the summer afterward. And um, at at that point, you know, he had had um, a corrective surgery and was still not having regular bowel movements. And we just ran the gauntlet of, the doctors and the surgeons and the specialists there. And he ended up in the hospital just way too many times had to have blood transfusions was bleeding oh. and they could not figure out what was going on. Um, at one point the, the surgeon was just like, I'm going to just go in and do a scope and like, we're just going to open them up laparoscopically and look around. Cause we have no idea what's going on. Oh, how scary. And, um, <clears throat> it was awful. It yeah. was awful. And so you know, I I told you at the beginning, we felt very confident in in the medical team there. Mm -hmm. Um, But with a rare disease like that, at that point, we were like, can we just get him stable so we can get back to the U.S. And the U.S. is complicated because of insurance and all of that, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know. And so it wasn't as simple, you know, as well, let's just get him home and get treatment because if we brought him home, if we didn't have Uh, insurance and and we had to take him to the hospital for an emergency or something, it would have ruined us. And we still, even with getting, you know, my husband finding a job and waiting for insurance, we still racked up an unbelievable amount of medical bills. uh, Oh my gosh. Transition home. So um, it was a hard decision. It was a hard Mm -hmm. decision, but in the end, it became very obvious that the support that he needed, he wasn't going to get there, you know? And I'll share, you know, we had just like a miracle of a miracle story. When we came home, um, my, my husband found a job where we are now in Memphis and Mm -hmm. we didn't know it at the time. We just had a real sense of peace. There were a couple of different job offers. We had a real sense of peace about coming here. And even though we have no family here, Mm -hmm. we just, we felt good about the, the down syndrome community was really strong and praying through it. We were just like, this is it. And once we got here at the children's hospital, there is one of like five specialists in the entire uh, North America that specializes in this rare disease that Samuel has. And we got in to see him and on our first visit, he was like, yep, this is what's going on. He did the test and we were scheduled for uh, his second corrective surgery within 10 days. Oh, so wow. it was absolutely I mean, I use that word, not lightly, it was miraculous that we landed here and that this was, this was the place that we needed
0: to be. Oh, wow. See, I, I assumed you came back to, to where one of your families were. So, oh, wow. That's yeah, that's crazy. But how stressful, like in Canada, our medical system is universal. So we don't have insurance like you have down in the States. So I, yeah, that's an incredible stress to put you know, on your young family, I can't even imagine what that would be like, you know, having to deal with your child's older medical issues and also having to navigate a medical system like in the States. So that's really yeah. scary, but that's so how is Samuel doing now? Is, how is he doing?
2: He is good. He is potty trained, you know, he's, he's in underwear. We still have, I know (laughs) it's just amazing. We've uh, it's been a long process Mm -hmm. as it is for so many, but even Mm -hmm. more so for him. And we still have some questions on um, you know, there's still some things that we're working through. Mm -hmm. I will just say that with long-term for Uh, for what he needs but Mm -hmm. we're just so grateful that he is where he is and he's thriving and growing slowly (laughs) but he's doing really well oh he started kindergarten this year and is showing everybody what it means to be a kindergartner with down syndrome
0: (laughs) oh that is so awesome Oh, that's great. And so like, will he have to have any more surgeries, do you think in the future? Or, or I guess that's, you just have to sort of wait and see.
2: That's yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of time that we have to see because he had to have so many procedures, you know, Mm -hmm. there's always the question of, will he ever have full, full control? And because he's still, um, not fully able to communicate his mm-hmm. awareness and his feelings of everything mm-hmm. there. We're, we're not quite sure. We're not quite sure yet if he has full sensation and, and all of that. So it is possible that later on down the road, like many families, whether they have Down syndrome or not who whose kids have Hirschsprung's disease, sometimes they end up doing you know more permanent like medical intervention mm-hmm. um, so that there, there can be better control. Right, bowel movements and everything. So, yeah, just one day at a time. I know,
0: like for our kids, like the sensation of going to the bathroom, it's it does take more time than it does with typical kids, and I can never say that what the different senses are, it's perio or something like that. I can't remember, but because it took Ainsley quite a quite a while to kind of finally get the gist of you know okay, I need to go. So, you know, and it might be Mm -hmm. a little bit more challenging with Samuel just because of his other, you know, issues, but you know, like it sounds like he's rocking it. So that's, that's awesome. And I'm glad to hear that he's doing so well and he's halfway through kindergarten. How fantastic. (laughs) I know that was scary for me.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, It's just been, it's been a journey. (laughs) Oh yes. I know. I know.
0: So you're and and also you have Eli. So, and how old's Eli?
2: Eli is four. So they're two years apart. And, um, we went into pregnancy with our second, right in the midst of all of that fun medical stuff and moving home and everything. (laughs) But, you know, we had, I'm just so grateful. We had this one nurse in our time in Kuwait who sat us down and said, you know, I know this is your firstborn and it feels really overwhelming and scary right now. But if you had a vision of having more kids, I just want to say, as soon as you think you could possibly handle it, just do it. Just do it because that your second child will come up and eventually catch up and help, you know, your son so much. And I know it feels like it's not going to be possible, but just do it. And that resonated so deeply with me because I did have a vision of having multiple kids and it was, mm-hmm. there's no way, honestly, that I would have had a second child, uh, at least where we were at that point, if she hadn't put that seed in me. So we just went for it. And honestly, everything that she said has been so true, so true with speech, with like, developmentally seeing them. They're best buddies now and they're so amazing together. And it's like our youngest will start doing something. And then just a few weeks later Samuel will start doing it. And it's been, <laughs> it's been so great. It was tough at the moment, but it's <laughs> yeah. been it's oh, been worth it. For that sure. is wonderful
0: to hear. And and so good to hear that someone in the medical community, like a nurse, like you know, could kind of foresee you know and gave you those words of wisdom and and you know and you, you it resonated with you and it's it's good to hear because mm-hmm. you just we don't hear a lot of those good stories you know with our kids so that's really great and especially in a different country like like i don't know anything about kuwait or you know what it would be like to navigate like living in the medical system there so that is really awesome to hear So you come back, you get settled here and you have two young kids. So then you decide to go on this, um, I want to say fitness journey, but you've been in the fitness for a long time. And (laughs) yes. (laughs) So can you share about like a bit about how and why you decided to create like an entire sort of fitness program just for special needs moms. So you've come (laughs) back to the States and you, now you, you've got your little family and Eli is born. You're obviously pretty busy. They're only two years apart. And then you start a whole, I guess, for lack of a better word, like a fitness program, or, I mean, I know you've been in fitness for a long time, but you, can you share a little bit about why you, um, how, and why you decided to create like this fitness program specifically for special needs
2: moms? Yeah, absolutely. So throughout everything, I, I had been in fitness for many, many years. And even though it wasn't my full-time job, it was something that I loved so much. And throughout all of that, the one thing that I felt like I didn't lose from myself because I lost my career, I, I don't want to say that. I, I stepped away from my career and, you know, we're kind of thrown into this new world. Does that make sense? I don't mean to paint that in a negative light, but I'm, I'm sure so many listeners are going to resonate with that is I just, there were so many pieces of me that changed, but I kept coming back to exercise and I needed it. I, I desperately needed it for stress release for a little bit of time for me. Um, and it was, you know, previously something that I did for different reasons. You know, I loved being strong and challenging myself and it, very quickly turned into something that I just needed for me. Um, It was my time to, to do something. (laughs) And and, and like I said, just take care of me. And um, it was great. And so it had been on my mind to support other moms with that, especially, especially just hearing how many moms really struggled with prioritizing themselves Mm -hmm and we're struggling with stress. And I was, you know, I was in gyms and in doing personal training and, and doing classes in gyms. And um, so that, that was the first seed that kind of planted in my heart. And then I really struggled, even though I was doing so well on the fitness side of things, I really, really struggled with taking care of myself in other ways, like eating well, like Um, listening to my body for, for things like when I'm thirsty or when I'm tired, I, in so many ways, because of what we had been through, it had just shut off so many of my needs. I mean, goldfish was a very acceptable meal for me. And so (laughs) on the one hand I was, (laughs) I was training and pushing my body and, you know, getting all the benefits physically, but I wasn't nourishing my body in all of these other ways. And I hit, a very low point in my own health where I was completely burnout, completely exhausted, and was like, okay, I can't keep going on this. And I, I had to start to figure out how to make that work in my own life and start to tune back into self-care and all the different ways that we do that for ourselves. And so fast forward a little bit um when the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. all of a sudden my gym life stopped and went to zero. Um, I, you know, I took some time to think through, like, is this something that other moms are really struggling with? I started talking to more moms and, and it, I decided like, okay, I I think that I can help people with this. You know, I've, I've been on this journey with myself and I see this need and nobody was really doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody was really doing this and, and serving this community of moms. And I think, the needs that we have are very different, and the the typical approach out there to to health or to weight loss or to exercise and, and diets or all of that, I just don't think that it's the best approach usually for mm-hmm. for moms who are overloaded and raising kids with special needs. And I wanted to specifically meet these needs, so here
0: we are. <laughs> I'm doing it. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. So you, you call it, uh, oxygen fitness. Is that, is that correct? Oxygen fitness. Can you that's share correct. why oxygen you call it that? Coaching. Sorry.
2: Yes. The name, oxygen fitness coaching.
0: And so why did you decide to call it that? I like, I know why, but I want you to share as to why you, yes. because I think it really speaks to us moms. So,
2: Absolutely. It it comes from the oxygen mask principle that as moms, we have to put our oxygen mask on first Mm -hmm. before we take care of others. And I was on a flight home uh, from Kuwait, actually, one of our (laughs) first trips back home. And I was sitting there uh, through all of that, you know, all of that that we were going through. And I heard that announcement come up on the airplane and I started crying. I started bawling my eyes out on the airplane because it hit me so deeply that, as a mom, right, my instinct is to sacrifice myself and and just not take care of my needs to help my kids. And so we have we have to have that reminder all the time, right? They tell mm-hmm. us that every single time we get on a flight, hey. Don't forget, they might as well just say, hey, moms, (laughs) (laughs) moms, if you're traveling with kids, you know, but they say if you're traveling with young kids, like you put your oxygen mask on first. And that's, that's my whole, whole philosophy is that moms have to be well so that they can be their best for their kids.
0: Yes. One, 100%. I can totally agree with that. And I've, I've been on my own journey for all of this because it's, it is, it is a total struggle And it's hard, especially when you're down deep in the trenches, it's, you can't even see a light at the end of the tunnel because you're so far down, right? But, um, and I, I do think part of the problem, like you said, is like with us special needs moms is that we often put ourselves last, but yet we're the ones that are carrying most of the load that just sometimes just how it is, you know, all the therapies and, and, just all the medical needs and everything tends to fall on us and just often feel there just isn't enough time for anything. And then it just feels so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I I loved how, um, I think it was December 2020, I think you did it. I can't remember where you did like the month of the 20 minute workouts. And I, I did it almost every day I think there was only three days that I didn't do it. And I loved, Oh, it's amazing. I loved those workouts because I go, I can do 20 minutes. Everyone can find 20 minutes somewhere in their day, either at the beginning the end, like somewhere you can generally find 20 minutes to do that. And so like, what do you suggest for us, moms who want to start, but really have no idea of where or how or what to do? Like, what do you suggest?
2: Yes. So this is a great question because for many of us, we don't believe it's possible, but we'll get to that point where we're feeling all of the effects of not taking care of ourselves. right? It's the exhaustion. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes the weight gain. It's maybe the aches and pains in your body or you visit a doctor and they're like hey your blood pressure is high hey you're you're dealing with whatever it is um you need to you need to take care of your health you need to lose weight you know so we get to that moment where we think i have to do something i have to figure this out and then we go online and look for a solution and what's out there is like all of these like huge workout programs or let's lose weight as quickly as we can like let's restrict and here's this crazy diet you can do for 6 weeks and lose 20 pounds or and and what's out there is all about like let's get you results as fast as possible. And for us as moms who like you said like we're overwhelmed there's just not a lot of time there's not a lot of extra energy that we have to devote to ourselves we can we can see that and even like try it and it just feels so overwhelming, right? Like the jump there is too high. Mm -hmm. And so the most important, the most important strategy that i found works really well with with busy moms is the slow change approach, right? Is that we're just going to do one thing at a time. We're going to tackle one small area at a time. We're going to add in you know, a new habit one at a time and, and take this slow, slow change approach. And um, visually, I love the picture of a flight of stairs, you know, Mm -hmm. like when we picture our ideal self as a mom, if you imagine yourself standing up at the top of the stairs where you have all the energy that you need (laughs) and you're eating well, and you have daily regular movement program, like most of the time we feel like to get up there we have to like sprint or try to jump up there as quickly as we possibly can and um the reality is the best way to get up to the top of the stairs is to take it one step at a time mm-hmm. and so for for moms that are struggling and feeling stuck the, the best place to start is just doing one thing whatever whatever is doable for you at the time eating you know, more nutritious food, getting a little bit of daily movement. You mentioned actually the, the 20 minute workout program. And this Mm -hmm. is where I love to start moms with, with daily movement. It's so great for, for stress relief. Um, It's, it's great just to have that little bit of time for you. And I call these, my workouts are called the 20 minute boost because it truly feels amazing. It gives you a boost of energy and, and, Productivity and concentration, and it's it's a way that you can gift yourself with um, that little bit of time and that little bit of extra energy each day. Um, so if it's if it's helpful, Mary, actually, I have a, a free guide that we can. If you have show notes or something, mm-hmm. um, I can link you. You can link that here. It's called "Staying Healthy as a Special Needs Mom," and what's in there are my top five. Changes. If you're going to take some small changes, I talk about, you know, that slow change approach and, and five things that you can add in just little, very simple daily habits to get started. If, if you're feeling stuck and you're just not sure even where to begin, these are five things that will have big impact on your energy every day and that don't take more than, you know, 15, 20 minutes.
0: For sure. Yeah, we'll definitely put that in the show notes like and i want you to know like i'm like i'm part of your mom restore system and like i so appreciative yes. I'm, i mean i've been slow in it like you know i it's just a challenge for me personally i have to sit down and listen to uh uh, and they're very they're excellent i have to commend you like when i'm listening i go megan's really good at this <laughs> you know when i'm listening to the different um... i was
2: a teacher <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah no because they're like for me like as you said like the changes they're slow and i found for me like i can that works well for me like I, you know, I'm making these adjustments along the way. I've slowly moving back into working out again. Like, I mean, I had my own issues with my foot and my leg, um, but I'm enjoying it. Like it's hard, but I've been enjoying that. And, you know, just even like now drinking the water, I know that's the first lesson in the mom restore system is drinking water with the, you know, at before Mm -hmm. each meal. And now it's just become a habit for me. Like, I've got my water right here. And, (laughs) you know, for me, I didn't drink that much water. I, you know, I'd go on these sort of binges, you know, where like, they say you should drink this much water based on your weight in a day. And I would do that for like a couple of weeks and then it just wasn't sustainable, but this works. Like I can work with that. And, and, and then each day you build or each week you build on that. So for me, it's really, it's really helping me. It's helping me to look at food differently and, um, cause I know for me, snacking is an issue, um, but trying to find like healthier snacks instead of going for always the sweet stuff. Like that, that's sort of my little downfall, but you know, for, so for me personally, I found it, it's really working for me and helping me to have a different sort of view on food. Like, cause that, that's always been my big challenge and, and I'm really looking forward to getting more into, uh, exercising again. Cause it's just, it's been such mm-hmm. a struggle for like me, I mean, COVID and then I broke my leg and everything. It's just been, it's been really challenging. So, um, so thank you so much for creating this program. And, and like you said, there's, there wasn't anything out there for moms like us who like, you need someone who gets it, like who understands like mm-hmm. the complexities of our life, you know, that we don't have a lot of extra time. And, and, you know, it's also on top of all the other stressors that we have for our children. Like, you know, Samuel has medical complexities. I have to deal with Ainsley like with her autism and, and some sleep issues. You know, we all have those things going on. So, and typical parents don't quite get that. So it's so nice that someone says that you can do it. You're like our little cheerleader, <laughs> you know, each week in the coaching session. So which I really enjoy. <laughs> I always- you know? <laughs> Cause you need that. You need that. You knew, okay, we can do this, yeah, and we can do it together. Absolutely. So which which I think is is really great. So thank you so much for um, creating that. And thank you. So where can people find you? And if they want to get involved in one of your programs, like where can people find you?
2: Absolutely. So I hang out on social media a mm-hmm. lot. I am on Instagram and also over on Facebook. So on Instagram, my handle is oxygen fit coach. Okay. Um, or you can look me up by my name. It's Megan labasi And um, yeah, I love posting like daily inspiration and reminders there and, um, just keeping it real about what it looks like to be healthy and stay healthy while you're raising kids with extra needs. Um, and I, I like to offer, as well, free. We do different free workshops, and um, we just did like a five-day boot camp mm-hmm. as a bit of a reset for moms who needed some support and, and wanted to feel just the accountability of of having a coach and having somebody checking in on them. Um, I'm also on Facebook, I have a free Facebook community. It's called it's called Wellness and Weight Loss for Special Needs Moms. And so you can come in there, and I offer free, you know, weekly, usually live trainings. And um, it's a great community of moms. Everybody in there gets it, right? So it's mm-hmm. a safe space to sh- share about what's going on. Um, you're having and and also to get a feel for you know what my programs are like and and see if the the approach that I take resonates with you and um, have an opportunity to come in and and check out what it looks like to get get support from a coach yeah
0: awesome thank you so much Megan for coming on and and sharing your story about Samuel and and living abroad I found it so interesting, and also uh, for sharing your passion about fitness and how as uh, special needs moms that we can we can do it and that we're worth it.
2: Absolutely, and that's that's the number one thing. If I can leave the listeners with with one thought, just know that it is absolutely possible for you to be healthy. Um, I see moms all the time who are able to turn turn it around, whether they're like me and you know in and out of the hospital all the time or. Um, dealing with your own, you know, your own issues, like you don't have to stay stuck where you are, there is hope for you. And it just might look different than, than maybe what other people are able to do or what you did in the past. But there certainly is a way forward. And, and you just need to reach out, you need to ask for some help sometimes and get somebody in your corner to to help you along that process.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Megan.
2: Thank you, Mary. This has been a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. I'll see you
0: at the next coaching session.
2: Amazing. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye, Megan. So
1: as we said in the opening, that's a just an amazing, fascinating story.
2: Hmm.
0: I agree, you know, because I've never heard of another one quite like it, you know, who've had their child in a foreign country, essentially. And then-
1: Well, it's not just then, a, I mean, it's a totally culturally different country.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? mm-hmm.
1: So, and like, I'm sure that her, there must have been some, like he, even, like she had a birth diagnosis, so mm-hmm. it was just even going into having a baby in a foreign country and not even having, like, usually there's a support network of, you know, mom, you know, like your mom or your dad or family or brother or sister or whatever but she just had her husband.
0: Mhm. Yes, like it, it's so different and then you know with his additional health issues, I can't imagine it must have been so overwhelming. You know, and I know that was one of their reasons to eventually come back to the States, but they did persevere there for a while. I, yeah. I was surprised for how long it was that they, yeah. they stayed, you know, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, but they decided that it was better for them to come home.
1: And I and I was pleased to hear that, the the you know, the toilet learning is going well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you like to call it toilet training or toilet learning. Sorry. Ah,
1: well, you know. <laughs> It's, it's Katie, Katie's, uh, Katie's terminology, not mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll it's, have her it's back. very appropriate. So, yeah. um, and I, I, you know, Megan is really putting a lot of effort into this, uh, fitness, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, the, the oxygen, uh, fitness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, you know, if the listeners, you know, we're, we're going to be putting links in the show notes and you can find those show notes on our webpage at t21mom.com. And, uh, because this is, this seems like a much needed, mm-hmm. uh, approach for, uh, moms.
0: Oh yeah. 100% because the challenges are just so much different when you've got a child with some additional needs. Cause like, I don't have a lot of time and You know, she has made this whole system that is geared specifically to moms of kids with special needs because she gets it. She gets that, you know, one, we want to be healthy. We want to live a long life for our kids, but also that we don't have a lot of time. You know we can't spend hours at the gym and like most parents you don't have a lot of extra time but we really don't have a lot of extra time between all the additional therapies and appointments so she's really honed in i think on a a a niche market you know for us moms that need this you know because i i've joined it and i it's changing the way that i'm eating and the way i'm looking at exercise you know it's been really beneficial to me
1: Well, and fitness is a recurring theme that we hear from, you know, parents in the Mm -hmm. special needs community about how much they want to focus just a little bit on themselves. Yes. Because they, you know, you know, you give so much, Mm
0: -hmm. like it's
1: always outgoing to be able to generate something from within you for yourself. There must Mm -hmm. be a tremendous feeling, a good feeling there for you.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, because it doesn't take a ton of time. But you just but it does take a little bit of effort and so you know and i think we can all find a little bit of time for ourselves and you know put ourselves first for a change
1: all right so thanks to megan for you know sharing her story mm-hmm. and hopefully there will be other uh moms dads parents who you know come and share your story with us we, we don't bite <laughs> um except unless there's a cookie (laughs) um you know and and we want to hear your story because every time somebody tells their story it can inspire others and Mm -hmm. help them know you know uh, help listeners know that they're not alone that a lot of what you're going through is shared with other people
0: yes most definitely
1: so who's our next uh guest
0: well we're going going a little bit international again Okay, are we going overseas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, So why don't you take us out of this?
0: Thanks for listening to the T21 mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. Tell me your stories. What's important to you? What's going on in your life? You can email me at info at T21 mom.com or you can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Trisomy21Mama. And also it would mean a lot if you would subscribe and leave us a little review so we can be more searchable to others in the Down syndrome community. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron.